Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Culture Club. Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon. It is drive time. I'm Elliot Danker together with Timothy Go and Chua Tian Tian. Time now for Culture Club. NTUC May Day Awards this year honored 128 distinguished and deserving individuals. We're talking about union leaders, workers, management partners, government representatives, all this at the ceremony at Suntech City Convention Center. Well, this year's individual May Day awardees have been nominated for their exceptional and continuous contribution to the labor movement in support of its programs and initiatives that have helped workers in their employability, employment, and their welfare. I'm sure you've heard these words before, readiness, resilience in the face of transformation. Well, that's what these workers showed, initiating productivity improvements, improving their employability, things like upskilling, being adaptable to work environments, different work environments, and also being nominated as model workers. Well, we have in the studio today an awardee of the Distinguished Service Award at May Day Awards 2023, his mission to encourage diversity and age inclusion in the workplace. In the studio with us is Alexander C. Melka, who is Vice President, Singapore National Employers Federation. Alexander, good afternoon. Welcome. Good afternoon. You are also a council member for National Wages Council, Board Member Institute for Human Resource Professionals. You must have seen so much change in the human resource landscape over the years. Tell us more. You can say so. (laughs) (laughs) I came to Singapore in 97 and Mm -hmm. I had my first National Wages Council in 2001. Okay. And that was before SARS and before the financial crisis I've seen dramatic change. It's been an incredibly interesting journey to shape tripartite. These are changes for the better that we're talking about, of course, right? What sort of forward movement have we witnessed here in Singapore when it comes to labor practices? Well, tripartite, NTUC and SNEF, we are working for the betterment of the workers, Mm -hmm. um, but also for the companies to remain competitive. And when we look at this topic of age inclusion, I think we are confronted with dramatic demographics in our country here. In 2003, I think something like maybe one in 15 people were above 65. Mm -hmm. Today, we are already at one in six. Wow. Wow. Right. So this has changed over the last 15 years dramatically. So the population is aging. People are getting more older, more healthier. And our fertility rate is very, very low. So um, we don't have a pipeline that continues to fill the workforce. So looking at that, we we needed to do something at that time. That was initiated, I think, by Prime Minister 2005-06 that we had to look at retirement wage. Maybe you don't remember because you are young, but at that time, people used to retire at 55 because it was a CPF withdrawal year when you withdraw your CPF. (laughs) Um, So everybody thought you retired at 55, but of course, for companies and for Singaporeans or residents here, that would not work. So we needed to, to address the topic. Yeah, forget about it. 55, think of the past. I mean, one yeah. of the things that uh, we hear a lot about, especially this implementation of the retirement and keyword here, Reemployment Act, RRA. What can you tell us about this act? Well, it's a very important act. I was privileged to head the work group back in 2007 that came up with that concept. We had an alternative or we had the option to go to the what we call the European model 
which is that you just extend the retirement age. Okay. But we realized that that would not provide enough flexibility, both for workers and for the employers. Okay. Because some people, in fact, want to also retire at 65 mm -hmm. or at some point in, in their time, and they want to have an option to continue to work. Not everybody ages in the same way. Mm -hmm. And we needed to create a model which ensured that elder workers remain employable, right? So the employability of elder workers was really the main concern so that we don't create unintended side effects that people or companies, when they have a 55-year-old worker, don't employ him or her anymore because you have to employ that person until a certain age so that we remain flexibility, flexible. So we studied Asian systems and we ended up what we call with the Japanese model and they have retirement and then re-employment. So re-employed in the same company? In the same company. With the same role or? Preferably with the same okay. role, preferably with the same salary. Mm -hmm. However, we built in flexibility. You may be familiar with the concept of seniority-based remuneration. Mm -hmm. So it means we had a situation, this was 15 years ago, that somebody who was much older doing the same work, job as a younger person would have a higher salary. I see. Yeah. Okay. So that means that he is actually not employable at 62 because the company will say, hey, you know, I can employ somebody at the age of 30 mm -hmm. who makes half yeah. of what you make because economically that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And just because you are elder doesn't really justify for the company to pay that higher salary. So we needed to adjust that. And therefore, we built into the system a mechanism where you can actually, where the employer can engage with the employee and say, look, we should settle on what we call the median mm. between the job value, how it is in the company and your current salary. So that was mm. a compromise. Right. And it requires consent on both sides. Yeah. It can only work, especially with the worker or the employee wanting to show that there is a good enough case to re-employ me in this role there's good enough case for you to pay me the certain amount of salary, that willingness to learn and adapt in that sense. Learning and adapting is uh, important. Mm. Takes two, yeah. two sides. Yeah. You know, the company also needs to provide learning opportunities mm -hmm. for the employee. Very difficult in our current situation because there's yeah. no time. Everybody needs the workers and the employees to be on the job. If you tell them, hey, you know, can you go out to study something for two weeks? It's difficult for yeah. both sides. But upgrading of skills is a very important element, of course, in that equation. No doubt, mm -hmm. as it is to perform and as it is also to be healthy and fit. Yeah. Right? Because that's also a very important aspect of um, being employable and being in the companies that you can actually physically fulfill mm -hmm. The job expectation. So fast forward to where we are today with the kind of labor crunch and challenges we are all experiencing, not just in Singapore, but all over the world. How much more important is it to have these older workers to stay employed and to stay active in the employment market? I think for Singapore, it's a question of survival mm -hmm. because we have made a decision that we want to limit the number of foreign workers. If the country was open to inviting more foreign workers on all levels, you know, from employment pass to S pass to work permit, if we would just open the floodgates, it wouldn't be a problem. Mm -hmm. But we have a shortage of labor. Mm -hmm. So therefore, it is absolutely important for Singaporeans to continue to 
be active in the workforce. For the Singaporeans also it is important because they are getting older. Mm. Life in Singapore is not getting cheaper. Right. Healthcare is not getting cheaper. So CPF at the current rate may not be enough if you retire at 62. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you need to start to work a little bit or you need to be prepared to work longer if you don't have enough savings from whatever other sources. But so it's also a necessity. What about for the more financially stable family, for example, your parents retired, your kids are there to, to help support your lifestyle. Will they still need to work to contribute to the society or can they just retire happily and enjoy their lives? If they can afford to retire happily and then they also deserve it. I don't think it is for the state or for the system to force mm. anybody to work. Mm. I don't think that is um, what we want to achieve. Okay. It is about creating opportunities that the workplaces and the mindset of the companies is open that people can work much longer than 62. Yeah. And I think most companies that you talk to, even if you look in your own organization, you will find already many people who are elder. My CFO in my company retired at the age of 72. Mm. By the way, he worked 50 years for me. Um, so that's an unbelievable number wow. that you, uh, you celebrate 50 years um, work anniversary. Yeah. And he retired five years ago. So for me, it was already totally normal. If you have a talented person who knows his job, who has a salary that is commensurate with what we want to achieve in the company, that you keep them in the workforce. It makes mm. sense. They bring a lot of wisdom. Other companies may look at leadership yeah. renewal. That's a big topic that yeah. we talk about how do we make sure there's transfer of knowledge and how do we renew leadership. I can't help but think as you brought up your CFO, there's uh, another potential topic to sort of overlap with in terms of what companies do to retain their employees in a long term. 50 years is, is really quite amazing. A lot of things can be done and should yeah. be done for the more physical workers. Of it's course. adjustment of the workplace, yeah. yeah, so that it's age adequate. You know, sometimes people have um, lesser eyesight, you know, so you need to have a bigger screen or you need to have more comfortable seats, higher seats, whatever, standing seats, movable desks. In the factory, it's, it's very important. So many, many places and government provides a lot of support for the redesign of the yeah. workplace and to make it age-friendly. A lot is done there. Out of respect, I don't dare to talk about my eyesight problems. Uh, <laughs> tell us a little yeah. bit about some of the other initiatives you're doing with uh, the various organizations. Well, the other topic that was very close to my heart, it goes also back to 2007, was mm. fair employment. Mm. So I was a member of the very early group that started the Tripartite Alliance for Fair Employment. At that time, Madame Halima Jacob was a co-member, co-chair of TAFEP. She yeah. was um, Assistant Secretary General yeah. of NTUC at that time. I, I got to know her a little bit better during that time and have a lot, a lot of respect yeah. for her since then. She is really somebody with amazing empathy for workers' yeah. causes. So at that time, of course, their employment was really focusing on matters of age, religion, skin color, ah. handicap, halfway house, pregnant women, to make sure that groups um, who might, where well, companies might have a disincentive to employ them are treated fairly. The whole topic of fair employment, of course, was then a little bit overlapped by the topic of Singapore Core. So okay. Singapore Core was a new element that came in after the 2011 elections, mm -hmm. where the government felt they need to be a little bit more responsive to Singaporeans' fears mm, right. that mm. they are disadvantaged against an increasing number of foreigners in the mm. workforce. And um, then the topic of Singapore Core was formulated, and that today is also part of fair employment, okay. it might not necessarily be a meritocratic, meritorious model, okay. uh, yeah, because yeah. you would say we have to employ the best, 
but he must sure. be Singaporean first. And so that's a bit of a conflict. But um, TAFEP had its origin really in these um, areas of fair employment, and we still have a lot of room to improve there, as we know from everybody's workplace, um, particularly race and yeah. religion are still a topic of content yeah. in the companies. And we have now the anti-discrimination yeah. laws and, and advisories coming up to address these also more adequately. Now, going back to age in the workplace with more and more people aging, of course, we came from a time when if you're a more senior, older worker, and if you don't retire, you're not giving opportunities for the younger, fresh grads to come into the workplace and start, you know, getting their experience. Are we not there anymore today because of the lack of manpower that we are experiencing? Mm -hmm. I think the conflict is less accentuated today than 15 years ago, but mm -hmm. of course it is still there, particularly for more senior management positions. So can you imagine you are an aspiring manager and you have a superior who is 55 years old and mm -hmm. you actually want to take his job and yeah. he will work there for another 15 years because yeah. he has to be employed until 69 and you cannot progress in your career. That could limit your options in that company. So um, larger organizations are probably therefore quite strict that senior, senior management will still retire at 62 okay. and then be um, allowed to work in other organizations or take mentorship roles so that there is a renewal in these companies. That is fair. And, and I think it's important yes. to address that. In many other areas, I think it requires also a mindset discussion that both sides are very tolerant okay. um, to each other's needs. And um, since COVID, we also sense new conflicts. Okay. Mm. Um, because, and you maybe can relate to that in your own organization. I see it in organizations where the elder workers in my office or in other companies would not understand why younger workers want to work from home. Because they say you can only be seen, you can only be active, <laughs> you can only really contribute if you work from the office. Mm -hmm. And the needs and the demands in terms of work balance and commitment to the work are very different. So elder workers are very hardworking yeah. because that's how they grew up. Mm -hmm. They came from a time where there was need and government wouldn't help so much. Younger workers are a little bit more flexible and they say, I want to take three months off. Can I pay yeah. unpaid leave? <laughs> right. I want to work from home. These are topics where elder workers don't really understand <laughs> it. And so like, Question what, marks what come out of it. Like, hey, hello. You know, like, <laughs> so you're my colleague, right? Flexible yeah. mindset is important because if a person is more productive working in their own arrangements from home or whatever, then so be it, right? If they can produce a necessary if. output mm -hmm. and yeah. if they can be part of the teams right. that produce and if the company appreciates it and values it and allows that person also to progress, it will work. But I sense that um, elder workers have maybe a competitive advantage again. Of course. Where six or seven yeah. years ago, people would have looked at them and say, look, you are old, you don't perform as much anymore, maybe you're a bit slower. Where today they say, like, hey, you know, like these guys are loyal, mm. they're experienced, yeah. you know, I can rely on them. If they tell me they're sick, they're really sick, otherwise um, they don't want to work from home. So there are elements that could be beneficiary for elder workers again. So Breaking a lot of stereotypes. I suppose, Alex, just, uh, as a final question very quickly, um, could you share with us your thoughts and hopes for the future of work as Singapore moves towards becoming a super-aged society? Yeah, we are super-aged, but we still have young people. So I think it's this intergenerational contract yeah. and compact is very important for mm. Singapore, um, that both generations are cognizant of each other's needs mm -hmm. and requirements, also experiences and background. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to um, 
we have to work very hard on that, that we have continuous intergenerational dialogue um, between the generations and um, organizations like NTUC, SNEF, um, also IHRP or um, TAFEC do a lot of work in that sense to make sure that the organizations are geared um, to deal with a much wider range yeah. because we have staff now starting from 20 years old all the way maybe to 75, mm. where previously you talked about an age band of maybe 30, 25 to 30 years. Now you really talk yeah. about an age band of 50 years in the same organization. And um, that requires a lot of joint understanding and a lot of work. I think we are work in a very narrow place here. And I think the conditions are very good for that dialogue. But it cannot be taken lightly. Also, the Asian culture is a, a seniority yeah. respect-based culture. Mm -hmm. And we need to make sure that that doesn't stop renewal, innovation at an early stage. We've been speaking with Alexander C. Melke, who is Vice President Singapore National Employers Federation. Thank you so much for coming by the studio and congratulations once again on being an awardee of the Distinguished Service Award for the May Day Awards 2023. Thank you again. Thank you very much. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.